Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles. And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 32 years. What a beautiful and busy day I had in surgery yesterday. Six big cases working all around the body. Hips, knees, shoulders. Seeing all kinds of injuries to weekend warriors and to warriors that come to see me. You come to see me. I like to tell people, you're all either pre-op or post-op. Sooner or later, you're going to need an orthopedic surgeon. Damn right. That's right. Fascinating how our bodies work. And you know how much I love the world of art, the the world of sports, and the world of surgery. And my guest at 815 is extremely exciting to me. He's a world-renowned surgeon from Cedars for many years, Dr. Gary Leach. He'll be calling in at 8.15, and what is his expertise? If I'm a carpenter, the son of a carpenter, and a nurse creates an orthopedic surgeon, he's a world-class plumber. He's a urologist with a special interest, and his interest is in repairing the floor of the pelvis. As you sit right now or stand right now, take a deep breath. Those are your lungs. Well, what separates your lungs from your belly, your abdomen, and I'm talking inside your body, is the diaphragm muscle. It's like a trampoline that separates the lungs from your guts. So from the top of the diaphragm in the middle of your body, to the bottom of your body, your butt, your gut lives inside your abdomen. So does your bladder, your kidneys, your liver, your spleen. But the bottom, the floor that supports those intestines, yeah, it's a bony pelvis, two by fours, if you will. But there is a trampoline down below, and it's called the pelvic floor. Well, when women have lots of babies, it stretches out those structures. And later in life, their bladder has trouble staying in place, and they become incontinent. They pee when they shouldn't. Gary Leach's expertise is rebuilding and repairing the pelvic floor. It's difficult. It's awesome. Now, sometimes you can use the tissues themselves to repair, But sometimes you need synthetic mesh, like Marlex. It's kind of like Gore-Tex because the tissues are not fixable. You have to use artificial stuff. It's a fascinating world that I don't live in. And I'm always fascinated to learn what people do for a living. You hear me all the time every Saturday. What do you do for a living? 
Well, that's what Gary Leach does, and we're going to learn about it at 8.15. But you know how much I love those worlds of art, sports, and surgery, and I believe they're the same. So I thought all week, where do you see the Gary Leach, that pelvic floor that fails and then needs to be repaired in sports, in art? Well, it's a long shot, so buckle your seatbelt, because what I, in my mind, repairing the floor, the foundation in art was in this guy. That's right. This is George Michael. Remember him? God bless this man. Died at too young, 53 years old. And I listen to him when I need a burst of energy, usually about the third or fourth surgery out of six surgeries. This is the music that I will play to energize the room, the vibe. Not only me, but the nurses, the technicians, the anesthesiologists, the x-ray tech, people that are surrounding me so that I can do my surgeries. Music plays a big role for me. The difficult cases I start with in the morning, big revisions and complicated surgeries. I play Eric Clapton because nobody does it better than him. And to end my day... I play Chardet, but when I need energy in the middle, I play this guy, because he's special. But what you're going to learn today is the foundation, the pelvic floor of this man's life was his recording contract with Sony Music. And he realized it's broken. I have to fix it, and I can't. He took Sony to court, sued them, and said, listen, We have to redo my contract. I signed it when I was 18, and I'm making all this money for you. We need to change it. And Sony said no. He took him to court, and guess what? He lost. His pelvic floor, his foundation for being an artist, creative, was ripped. He stopped making music for a few years. Who's the Gary Leach? Who's the surgeon who came in to repair George Michael's foundation and floor David Geffen came to the rescue and George Michael made an album called Older which blew the roof 25 million records he was repaired I know that sounds crazy to think about that in your pelvic floor but wait till you hear the story and we'll get into it well what about in the world of sports where do you see a broken floor in need of repair, but has refused to be repaired. This is near and dear to my heart because it involves wood, the life that I led growing up with my dad, the carpenter. Wait till you hear what this carpenter talks about and why wood fails. But why is that significant in the world of sports? Well, listen to Byron Scott talk about Larry Bird, trash-talking, Because Larry Bird knew the floor, the parquet floor in the Boston Garden when the Lakers played in the 80s had dead spots because of the cupping and warping of the floor for all those years on the hockey rink. The Celtics were offered for free by the Carpenters Union to fix the floor, the parquet floor. They said, nope, we know where the dead spots are and we got it into your head that we know something you don't know, and it's a big advantage for us. 
This is a fascinating story about a broken floor in sports. Listen to Byron Scott with Dan Patrick talking about Larry Bird and how he knew his spots on that broken floor in the Boston Garden. So we playing him in the last the last play. He says uh, to James Worthy, he says, you guys don't have to worry about it. I'm going to go right over there at that corner. <laughs> he said, they're going to set a screen for me. We're taking the ball out. He said, I'm going to curl right over. And he's telling us to play. He's telling us to play before they even take it out. He said, I'm going to go right over to that corner, and I'm going to catch it, and I'm going to shoot it, and I'm going to tie the game or win the game, whatever the case may be. They take the ball out, and I think it was either Danny or, or, or um, DJ? the late, great DJ. Yeah. Take the ball out. The man curled right to the corner, caught the shot, <laughs> shot a three, and game over. It. <laughs> it's like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> are you effing kidding me? That's exactly right, Byron Scott, because Larry Bird, he had great talent, but he also knew how to work a broken floor, and that's what I want to talk about today. I also want to talk about it more currently because the L.A. Chargers – are going to play the Dallas Cowboys. They got a big advantage because of a broken floor. You know what the broken floor is in medicine? The defensive end, Demarcus Lawrence, broke his foot and had to have surgery because the fifth metatarsal, that bone, that skinny bone between your heel and the balls of your foot on the little toe side of your foot, is the foundation of your foot. It's the floor of your foot. We'll do some clapper vision about running along the beach and jumping both feet together, barefoot. You jump from a height, and when you land in that wet sand, you know what you're going to see is a footprint? You're going to see a dome, just like the dome in Florence, the dome at Columbia University, low library, a dome building. Believe it or not, when you put your feet together and you're barefoot and you jump, Each foot is a half dome. You put your feet together, you make a full dome. Well, the structural foundation and floor of your foot is the outside, the rim of the dome. That's your fifth metatarsal, and it broke. And that is why Demarcus Lawrence had to have surgery. And that's why Justin Herbert and the Chargers, they're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys because they don't have their defense with that key component. Sounds crazy, but that's because of the floor That's need of repair in the foot of their key defender. And food, oh, do I want to talk about food. I visited a place in L.A. this week that blew my mind. I love Hawaii. I love to surf. And when I go to Hawaii, the food touches my heart. But you ain't going to find Hawaiian food here in L.A., like I eat in Hawaii, particularly something called Saimin, which is unique to the islands. It's kind of a Hawaiian type of wonton soup. Oh, my mouth is watering already. And now you that whole idea of Vietnamese food with pho, pho, whatever the hell they call it, where you have a soup spoon and chopsticks to eat the noodles. Well, the Hawaiians have their own version called Saimin. You ain't going to find Saimin here in L.A., Yes, you will. Oh, my God, and it's delicious. And the whole place is filled with Hawaiians. And it's here in L.A. And it's been here forever. In fact, the owner's going to be a guest on a show in October. I can't wait to have him. 
But I'm going to tell you where you can find your own slice of Hawaii without having to get on a plane and have the greatest bowl of Simon you can have. I actually like having it with a cheeseburger. Not very dietetic. And if you go on Twitter, at Dr. Robert Clapper, you'll see some pictures that I posted of my cheeseburger with my bowl of Simon. They give you like a little dish with Chinese mustard, right? You put a little soy sauce in it, and then with your chopsticks, you take you take that wonton out of the bowl of soup and you dip it in the mustard and this, oh my God, you close your eyes, man. You died and went to heaven. Where do you get that? I'll tell you a little later in the show. But let's talk a little bit about that broken flaw in sports. That Byron Scott is talking about that Larry legend, Larry Bird knew about. That broken floor is key to the success of those damn Lakers. This is 1987, a soundbite of James Brown at the NBA playoffs talking to a carpenter from Boston about, can't you guys fix the floor that has all these dead spots? The carpenter says, we've offered to do it for free for the Boston. They don't want it because it's such an advantage. On humid days, they're going to swell up. On dry days... Right now, let's go over to James Brown. JB? All right, Dick, thank you very much. One of the most overworked topics of this series is trying to understand what benefit the Celtics get from playing in the garden where they've lost so few times. Now, many people point to the parquet floor, which was installed over 40 years ago. There are a number of uneven ridges and dead spots on the floor. Standing with me now is Paul Dembicki, who's a carpenter foreman, as you take a look at that floor. Is the construction of this floor such that it's less than desirable to play on? Uh, yeah. Listen to Paul Dembicki. He's a carpenter. We've offered to fix it. They don't want to fix it. Well, without the ice down, the concrete leaves a lot of areas that are unlevel, and consequently there are more ridges and dead spots. And you said that the Celtics get a psychological advantage. Absolutely. We've uh, offered, Local 33 has offered to reconstruct the floor completely. The Celtics want it left like it is because psychologically they feel they can win. And the Celtics were going to save $100,000 with the new floor, but they didn't want to change it. Let's go back to you, Dick. Why does the floor warp, creating these dead spots? Why does it curve? This is near and dear to my heart. Learn a little bit about making wood. When my dad used to lay floors, he always used to say to me, Robbie, you have to leave a little bit room because that floor needs to expand and contract. And if you make it too tight, it'll buckle. The flooring will warp or cup. What exactly is that? Listen. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just cut up a tree into neat little rectangular project parts and they'd all just fit together? A lot of new woodworkers think that's how it works, but it doesn't take them long to realize that wood moves. You may have a perfect rectangle with flat faces and square edges one day, but it can be a totally different situation tomorrow. Boards can twist, they can bow along their length, and they can develop a curved edge or a crook. But mostly, they can cup. Cup. What is cupping? What's happening to the Boston Garden? What happens to your bladder that fails? What happened to George Michael in his contract with Sony? The failure of the floor. Why? Almost every board you ever work with will be cupped to some extent when you get it. And even a flat board can become cupped in a few hours laying on the bench top. Understanding how and why wood cups can be the difference between a beautiful project that lasts for generations and one that ends up in a bonfire in the backyard. So here's the reason. Listen to this. 
Wood fibers are like straws. When a tree is alive, those fibers are full of water. When that tree is cut down and sawn into boards at the mill, a lot of the moisture is still inside. It leaves gradually through evaporation, and as it does, those fibers contract. But they don't contract evenly, and they don't contract permanently. Even after the board is dried in a kiln, those fibers will always be trying to reach the same moisture level as the air around them. This is the reason. For example, if you run a board through a thickness planer to make it thinner, and you remove all the material from just one surface, you're going to expose the deeper, damper inner fibers on just one side of the board, and that's going to lead to cupping as those fibers dry. Or if you leave a board on a bench top overnight, that may cause the top surface to dry faster than the bottom. That's going to lead to cupping too. And that is what happens when you have a basketball court made of wood on top of ice because of the hockey rink. That was the case in the Boston Parquet floor built in the 1940s on the Boston Bruin rink. And they never bothered to change that floor till later, 1999 they did. But for 50 years they had this floor. But Larry Bird and all those Celtics knew where those dead spots were. And they used it physically and psychologically to their advantage. Repairing a broken floor, it's key to all of our lives. And wait till you hear the story coming up next of that story of a failed floor and it being reconstructed in the world of art, in the life of the great George Michael. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. Rocks the stair without a care and shoots so high in the sky. Bounce up and down just like a clown. Everyone knows it's Dr. Clapper. The best present yet to give or get, but costs a little to buy. The hit of the day when you're ready to play. Everyone knows it's Dr. Clapper. You want to get a Dr. Clapper. What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Gotta be my favorite male singer of all time, this man, George Michael. But who knew what a journey he went through? He was up there with Michael Jackson and Madonna in the 80s. And the whole thing fell apart for him. He started his career with a buddy. Wham! Remember that group? But then he went solo. He made two albums with Wham! 
1983 and 1985, 84, fantastic, and make it big. But then in 1987, he made a solo album called Faith, which sold 25 million records. He shot to the moon. And then he made an album called Listen Without Prejudice in 1990 and realized this is not going well. My floor, my foundation is falling through. I don't want to work for Sony Music anymore. you got to renegotiate my deal. I signed it as an 18-year-old and it's not working anymore. It's broken. And Sony said, you signed it, buddy. you got to stick with it. And he sued them in court and lost. And that's when he said, and this similar story to Billy Joel and Prince, and I guess this is something in the record business. George Michael said, well, then I'm not going to do what I love to do, which is to write songs and sing, which was a loss for all of us. And David Geffen rescued him. David Geffen was the Dr. Gary Leach who fixes pelvic floors so your bladder doesn't sink in the world of surgery well in the world of art David Geffen was that surgeon listen to the great story of George Michael and the victory that we all benefit from I was intelligent enough to know that this was the wrong road in terms of if I was looking for happiness I should not be trying to catch up with Michael Jackson or Madonna or whatever, which was absolutely what I was intent on doing as a British star. Jets, women, money. It was a fantastic ride, amazing ride. But I don't think there's any way I could have controlled my ego enough to have stopped me uh, exploring the possibility of being the biggest selling artist in the world. He not only sang, he wrote the songs as well, and he was going to the moon in the 80s. I'd just like to say... Uh, that I was... was the turning point for me. That was the point at which I had to fight, negotiate some new relationship with um, celebrity that wasn't going to destroy me, you know. The decision was taken uh, in 1990 um, not to promote. He felt that if he was to do so, he was to carry on, on the, the, the bandwagon, as it were, that he would burn out and he had to get off it. And he explained to the record company that that was um, something he just had to do. And whilst most of the world accepted it, uh, America couldn't. He was being honest. I just can't do it the way you expect me to do it all these years. Something's got to change. He was honest, and they didn't care. I mean, I was very honest with Sony. One of the reasons we went to court was because I was so honest with them about what I didn't intend to do for Listen Without Prejudice that I felt that if they weren't prepared to deal with that, that they would tell me, but they didn't, you know. So we sat at lunch and everybody told me what a fantastic album it was and then came back to New York and told everybody that this was George Michael's Nebraska, right? Which was Bruce Springsteen's 80s album, which he recorded on a four-track and sold nothing because it was completely introspective. Now, I just presented them with Listen Without Prejudice, and I'm sorry, but it is not Nebraska. Listen now, where Rob Stringer from Sony talks about the floor is broken. You think I'm reaching in terms of using this metaphor, this clapper vision for a broken floor that your bladder pops down 
or the parquet floor on the boss. Listen to him use this, the, the same terminology that the floor underneath George Michael was now collapsing. There was a basic falling out over the philosophy of not promoting the record and, and, and not providing a video for the first single. And, and then that was what it was. That's what it stemmed from. I was just naive. I was totally naive and thought that if I was open and honest and, uh, and truthful, that it would pay dividends. What a fool. The term falling out is what I mean. One of Britain's most successful pop singers, George Michael, is today asking a high court judge to declare his recording contract null and void. George Michael's counsel told the court this case is not about money. I will never know if... Sony and I would have ended up in court had Anselmo not become ill. Record companies are just glorified bank managers who wear jeans to work and they lend you money and, you know, the interest is ridiculous and very often they don't live up to their promises. That was Boy George from Culture Club, also had his own issues with Sony. Here you're going to hear Mar- Mariah Carey sticking up for uh, George, Boy George, I mean, uh, George Michael as well. I was doing something that wasn't just justified in terms of me as an individual who'd signed a record contract at 18 that was completely ridiculous and been coerced into signing that. I think that what he was saying um, probably had a lot of validity to it and I was kind of behind the scenes and um, to me he should have won. I remember seeing him on the news and it just all looked so scary and I thought, why is he putting himself through all that? Things change as we age, right? When that parquet floor was built and it was brand new, it worked. There were no dead spots. Not until the ice and condensation weakened it and cupped the flooring, the boards. An 18-year-old doesn't need Gary Leach because their pelvic floor, that those tissues are solid. You're young. It's after you have a few babies. Now, all of a sudden, you stretched out. You aged that floor. That's what happens. And in the case of George Michael, that contract when you're 18, you're just so happy to get a recording contract. But it ain't so fun when you're 30. It changes. We age. Things need to be repaired, reconstructed. The floor was failing. The pop star George Michael loses his high court battle to break away from his record company, Sony. His parents were in the crowded court, which heard that he had lost and Sony had won on all counts. I do remember being absolutely gutted. Not that I'd lost, but that the record companies, who absolutely were outside reasonable law, there was absolutely nothing to, that required them to pull their socks up in any way. I love how he uses the term gutted, because that's right. That's a failure of the pelvic floor. Your guts go down south. He was gutted. And he said, then, I'm not going to make music. But David Geffen, the Gary Leach of the music business, said to Sony, hey, I'll buy his contract out. Leave him alone. This talent needs not be wasted. He needs to make music. Let him make music for me. I'll buy his contract out. And he did. David Geffen came to the rescue. I have no right to resign. In fact, there is no such thing as resignation for an artist in the music industry. 
Effectively, you sign a piece of paper at the beginning of your career and you are expected to live with that decision, good or bad, for the rest of your professional life. Mm, sad. But I think if artists from the early 90s on really had been uh, masters of their own destiny, there is a possibility that Pop Idol wouldn't have ruined everything. Despite the fact that we won the court case, we lost the fantastic artist. That's right. Would I have been angry enough to take them on? Um, I have a feeling the answer to that is probably no, actually, if I'm really honest. But he did, and lost, and he took a two-year hiatus. Well, after that, there was a kind of necessary um, hiatus, really, because I had to get on with grieving, and I was kind of uh, in a form of inertia that meant I wasn't writing anything. And, um, and that went on for about uh, the best part of two years, and then... I came up with Jesus to a child and I was so excited that I'd finally been able to put my feelings for him into words. And you know, the kind of catharsis of that record for me was massive. Massive is right. Jesus to the child is the first song on the album, Older. The first album he makes after his pelvic floor is reconstructed in a musical sense by David Geffen. Ugh. I can only imagine what the Sony executives were thinking sitting in the audience at Berlin. You hear this song differently now, knowing that George Michael... I don't believe there's a soul in the audience could have sat there and gone, it's over. I mean, it was obvious that he was back on form. That's right. I think from then on, I was recovering and I started recording older and it was a long process, probably because I was so stunned. He had surgery on his pelvic floor, thanks to David Geffen. And he's back, back better than ever. The creative, he became George Michael again, only even better and bigger. Jesus to a child went to number one. And went out for a big celebration lunch, Andy, Dick, the whole team, you know. And uh, he put a, 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 a little uh, Walkman across the table and said, have a listen to this. And he played You Have Been Loved, and I just could not believe. I could not believe what the man had done with that. The album didn't come out for a good year later, but with Fast Love coming from that, it just exploded the older album for us. That's exactly right. Became a monster hit. What a story. A story... That happens to all of us. We age and the floor creaks, warps, cups, dead spots, incontinence. You need a surgeon to fix it metaphorically. That's what today's topic is about. So much fun. Steve Paulette helping me put these sound bites together. And thanks so much for joining us each and every Saturday and telling all your friends. Let's do some clap revision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. What a joy to be here with you each and every Saturday. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. 
easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the Doc from 7 to 9 a.m. Before you go, 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 leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. Wake me up before you go, go. I don't want to miss it when you hit that high. Wake me up before you go, go. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Wake me up before you go to that Weekend Warrior. <laughs> oh, man, there's such energy in his voice. And that contract you signed is a young contract, and you're so excited when you're 18. But it wears out and stretches out just like the pelvic floor, just like the Boston Garden. Creaks, the wood warps, cups. And you need you need Gary Leach, Dr. Gary Leach, to repair it. What a topic. I know it's crazy, but it is fun. All right, all the lines are lit up. I love it. The number is 877-710-ESPN. I don't even need to give the phone number out anymore, Steve Paulette. Look at that. All right, let's go. Let's go to the top. Oscar, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hi, I had a question regarding... uh, Wait a minute, Oscar. How old are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 39 and I drive. You drive. Uber? Lyft? What do you drive? No, commercial. Commercial. A taxi? A truck? What do you drive? No, a, a rig. A rig. rig. 18-wheeler. Yes, sir. Then you're driving down the road, you see women putting makeup on while they're trying to drive, and they're on the cell phone all at the same time. Does that amaze you, Oscar? I see a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar, I need you to write a book, and it's called What I've Seen Driving Around L.A. in an 18-wheeler. Chapter 1, makeup. <laughs> Chapter 2, <laughs> cell phone. Chapter three, how to multitask. Driving's difficult enough. And those bums, right? And all of a sudden, you got to put the brakes on, put the clutch in, and you got to go from gear 18 all the way down to zero and then start back up again, right? Don't you hate it when they stop for no good reason? Yes, it makes it very difficult. Yeah. God bless you, Oscar. Thanks. What do you deliver mostly? Um, I mean, it could be anything. Sometimes we don't even know. It's a dropping hook and wow. it's... Um, Anywhere from toilet paper to, I mean, anything, garden products, wow. anything. What did your father do for a living, Oscar? Uh, he was a farmer. He was a farmer. Wow. Why didn't you become a farmer? Why did you go into truck driving? Uh, I mean, it's difficult, and you know, over over the years, with you know, the evolution of things and machinery and yeah. That's and great. people not wanting to really do that kind of work. Well, we we <laughs> need farmers. Oscar, we bit. need farmers. We need you to drive that truck back to the farm one day, okay? Please. We need food. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, that's you, <laughs> you listen to the show? You know what Clapper Vision is? Uh, yes, sir. All right. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure of mine to be able to help you. So tell me what you did to yourself. So I rolled my ankle, and uh, my weight landed on it, and it fractured. Um, it for since June, and for some reason, uh, with the X-rays, they weren't unable to to see any healing. 
and up to recently, uh, all of a sudden they said it's fifty percent healed. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, you know, what would take so long for it to to do that, and mm-hmm. it's been causing other pains and things that uh, I guess because of my weight, maybe mm-hmm. I'm shifting it or something, but it's been causing other pains like back pain and like pain in my Achilles area and knee area. So let me get this straight. It is now September. Three months ago, you broke your ankle? Yes. Do you smoke cigarettes? No, I don't. Okay. Um, Did you break anything other than the fibula? Did you break the the talus or the medial malleolus, or you only broke the fibula? Uh, As far as I've been told, I I only fractured my fibula. And, I, haven't, I haven't got any other information regarding that. And did they say that the pieces, the bones, were well lined up, even though it was slow to heal? Or did they say it was uh, apart, displaced? Uh, it, it, it looked just slightly off to mm-hmm. the side. It's kind of like uh, when you break a chicken bone, how it's diagonal. Mm-hmm. Because it that's, that's that going way. to be the key. The fibula, so let me just teach you a little bit. Our ankle is really made of two bones, the shin bone, better known as the tibia, and then there is a small little bone on the side called the fibula. The tibia, the big one, the shin bone, handles 85% of our weight, okay? Only 15% of the weight is carried by that small bone on the side, the fibula. But the fibula is a very important bone to allow for movement, rotation, of the ankle joint itself so that it behaves not just as a hinge. Because when you walk on sand or gravel, you kind of need rotation as well, and it ain't going to come from a hinge joint. You can't rotate a flip phone, right? If you if you have a flip phone, I'm showing my age here, but if you have a flip phone, which is a hinge, it ain't rotating because if you rotate it, you're going to break the hinge. So the genius of our body is the ankle joint does go up and down, dorsiflexion, plantar flexion, but it also allows you to roll inward and outward and out to the side and inside. There's six planes of freedom that happens, and that happens for one reason, the fibula, because there's a small connection between the fibula and the tibia. So when you break the bone, that's what we can see on the x-ray, Oscar. So everybody gets all excited about what the x-ray, the bone looks like, but guess what? Enough energy had to go through your skin, ligaments, muscles, tendons to break the bone. Everybody ignores the damage to the soft tissues because they don't show up on the x-ray. They'll show up on an MRI. The fact that you took three months to get 50% of healing, we call not a non-union that it didn't heal, but we call it a delayed union, which is okay to happen. And you ask, why does it occur? One reason blood supply. The blood supply to certain areas of the bone is weak. I talked about the football player, the defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys, Demarcus Lawrence. They said he had an injury. Then they said he had a fracture. And lo and behold, thank you, he's having surgery on Thursday for his foot. Why would you operate on something uh, unless you had a concern that it wasn't going to go on to heal quick enough on its own? And that's why they, you know, you operate on someone like that. Same thing here. I'm not saying you should have surgery on your fibula, and I'm okay with it taking three months that it's a delayed union. It needs to ultimately go on to completely heal, and your persistent pain in these other areas that you're describing come from the fact that God gave us a fibula for a reason, and if it ain't 100%, guess what? Things will overcompensate, 
and strain in other areas. So none of what you're saying is disturbing. The only thing that I'd love to know is, there's a great expression, Oscar, that I learned from my teacher, Dr. Ranawat. The eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. I'm counting on the eyes of whoever's taking care of you to be able to tell you this is minimally displaced, that the joint itself wasn't disrupted, that you didn't have a fracture to the medial malleolus or other areas. These are all things that I see, and I see a lot of patients each week, 100 patients a week I see for 32 years. Think about all the people that I've examined, Oscar, and many times they come to me because someone told them, you have X, Y, and Z, and they forget that they're actually seeing A, B, C, D. There's other things. So you got a pencil or you're driving right now? No, I'm, I have a pencil. Get a pencil. I, mean, I, I want you to do yeah. me a favor, and this is how I'm helping you. Write down these names. Tim Charlton. He's at Cedars. He's a foot and ankle specialist. You call him. You tell him you're a weekend warrior and that Dr. Clapper wants you to do a second opinion. I need him to look at your x-ray and to look at you. You may need an MRI. The big question, Oscar, is, is this delayed union going to ultimately unite and you'll have a solid bone, or will it stop and go in reverse? Now's a good time to figure it out, Oscar. Three months in is not bad. You call him, and if they say, you know, it takes a while, you tell him, hey, I'm Dr. Clapper's cousin, and you know what they'll say? He has a lot of cousins, <laughs> like Cousin Brucie. Everybody's a cousin. Well, you're officially my cousin. You're a weekend warrior. You call his office. Get to see him. Tell him you need to be seen right away and use my name beautifully to get an appointment. All right, Oscar? Will do. Thank you so much for your time. All right, Oscar. Listen, you're a total stranger to me. I want you to do me a favor. You find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. All right? Well. Will do. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you, Oscar. Thanks for calling. Thanks for being a weekend warrior. All right. The lines are lit up. We'll do some more calls. I'm having fun. And I got to tell you where the best Hawaiian Simon is in Los Angeles. You feel like you're in Honolulu. Oh, it's fantastic. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Wake me up before you go, go. Smart. Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar sinai head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Gotta have faith. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the great George Michael. Love him. Love everything he's done. So sad. But he still has left us with tremendous joy. I want to give a shout-out, by the way, 
to a weekend warrior named Chuck Grove. I got so many letters for people who wanted to play golf at the golf tournament, and he ended up playing with three weekend warriors, which was great. Thank you to Tommy Lamb for making it happen. But Chuck Grove wrote a really nice letter, one of my favorite letters that I didn't have him play with me because I had the three other ones. But thank you for the kind words, Chuck. You could always write me a letter. It'd be great. I don't want to read it right now because it's long, but it really touched my heart. So I appreciate it to all of you. You could always write a letter here, a real letter, not this email business. Put a stamp on it. Send it to the station. Makes me know that people are actually listening. You could also follow me on Twitter, at Dr. Robert Clapper. Ben Lyons just tweeted me. What a beautiful thing. God bless Ben Lyons. One of my favorite people in the radio business. All right, the lines are all lit up, so I'm not giving the number anymore. Let's go to Greg. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hello, Dr. Clapper. Uh, Thank you very much for taking my call. My pleasure. How young are you? What do you do for a living? Well, I am 57 years old, and I am a career coach, which is why I'm calling you. Um, (laughs) As a career coach, I am a very strong believer in the correlation between what it takes to succeed in sports and what it takes to succeed in your career. Mm. And back in the day, many, many, many years ago, yes, I did play basketball, and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed sports. I'm a huge uh, Laker fan. Good. But every weekend, I listen to you, (laughs) and you give me a lot of inspiration. Your love, your zest, your passion for art, for food, for (laughs) your, your curiosity. Thank you. And Thank you. I talk with so many people. I want them to be curious. And you're <laughs> curious. I'm always telling them to listen to you. Well, I appreciate in fact, that. It, in many of my classes, I talk about the eyes do not see what the mind doesn't know. Yeah. I, I, I use that. And they say, hey, did you get that from a fortune cookie? <laughs> no, I got that from Dr. Clapper, a weekend <laughs> warrior. You guys need to listen to him. <laughs> you listen. Knowing that you're on the other end of the radio listening to me warms my heart. And it makes me think of, of watching my father when I'd be in the car in the passenger seat and he'd be listening to the radio. And his favorite was a man named Gene Shepard who would just tell stories. Like I would sit there going, what is going on? Why is my father? I should be talking to my daddy. He should be talking to me. And he'd be listening intently to the radio. Robbie listen to this and Gene Shepard would be going I walked into a diner and I sat down at the booth and the napkin was folded correctly the fork was on the napkin but not the spoon the spoon was on the other side of the plate and he'd go into these amazing detail of just sitting down at the diner and my father was mesmerized just mesmerized by Gene Shepard and I could tell it really was more than just a radio It was how he used words, almost like music, how you use the words to unlock all these doors in my father's head about life. And that's when I realized when I had a chance and was asked to go on the radio. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. What do I know from being on the radio? But Mike Thompson, 10 and a half years ago, said, you can describe things that other people can't describe. These are complicated medical conditions that happen to people, and you can paint pictures with words you should be on yeah. the radio. And I looked at him, I go, are you kidding me? He goes, yep, you should do it. And that's what launched this whole idea. So I really don't know what I'm doing, 
but I can't say that after 10 and a half years. So when I have a professional like you telling me I actually do know what I'm doing, it definitely warms yes, my do. heart. So thank you so much for Excellent. tuning in and, and giving me uh, the confirmation to keep going. So thanks so much, Greg. I really appreciate it. Keep, keep on going and have a wonderful rest of your day. All right. You too, young man. God bless you. All right. I think we got time for one more. Who we got, Steve Paulette? Let's go to Jimmy. Jimmy, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help you? Hi, Dr. Clapper. How young are you? Uh, what do you do for a living, Jimmy? 60, 67 years old. I uh, was re- I'm retired, but I what helped did you start do? a company in Chicago. Uh, I helped start a company in Chicago that uh, you know linked insurance companies and car dealerships and helped them determine the market value on, on losses. So, wow. Where did you grow five up? Five years traveling. Pardon me? Where did you grow up? What did your father do for a living? I grew up in Miami. My dad was a uh, probate attorney and worked on his own. But, uh, and I, you know, after working in Chicago, I had the brilliant idea to come out here to be an actor. And, uh, so, uh, I ended up actually ended up at the Playboy mansion working there on and off for 20 years. So, uh, and (laughs) you know uh, what they say about you Hefner, Jimmy, when he dies, it'll be a big disappointment to go to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) True. True. But, uh, Uh, Fred Dreyer used to talk about you, so oh. uh, started, started tuning in. And uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> I love Fred Dreyer. So, he still has the record, yeah. the only safety, the only football player to to have two safeties in a single game. That's Fred Dreyer. That's right. Yeah, and he had a lot of sacks before they started counting sacks. The, the Rams so, should make yeah. him the president. You know, they should put Fred Dreyer in charge of because I went to the game last Sunday in charge of parking. How the hell do you get in and out of that damn stadium? I understand Matt Stafford is saving the day for us, and the football team in the game is great. But can't you? Here's a th- Listen, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. What do I know from traffic? Except I'm a fan. I tried to get in and out of the stadium. How about this for an idea, Rams? Maybe since everybody is trying to go to the game at the same time that you get rid of some of the lanes why should there be equal two lanes, two lanes to get in and get out? No one's getting out of the stadium when the game is starting. How about use all the lanes to go into the stadium? And here's another thought. When the game is over, how about all the lanes should be to exit the stadium? How could the people who say they're parking experts, Englewood's responsible for this. The Rams are like, are you kidding me? How ridiculous that people are in charge of traffic who have, I know better how to run the traffic, and that's embarrassing. So, Fred Dreyer, you need to be in charge of getting people in and out of the stadium so we can enjoy seeing the Rams win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, hopefully he's listening. Thank you for letting hopefully me fan. Not. No, he listens. I know he yeah. listens because he texts yeah. me all the time. How can I help you, Jimmy? What you do to okay, yourself? What's happening with, I haven't been able to sit down without paying for four months now. And, it's your uh, mother-in-law, by true. the way. It's your mother-in-law. Get a new mother-in-law. <laughs> That could be true too. But, I, <laughs> but what's happened is I, I went to the urologist and said they treated me for you know prostatitis, gave me antibiotics, and then mm-hmm. that didn't help. And then I went to a, a neurosurgeon, and uh, you know he you know scheduled an MRI and a CT scan, you know of, of the of the sacrum area, the, you know the pelvic area, tailbone area. So. Uh, and the guy was baffled. He said, I've never seen this before. He says, you have a massive lipoma, you know, uh, sitting down there. And uh, do you, you have, have uh, do you have numbness and tingling? I don't have that at all. No. There okay. Is no numbness. All right. You got a pencil. I got a guy. I have someone who is going to figure out what's the matter with you. Okay. You got a pencil. Okay. 
Yes, I do. He's at Cedars. He's one of the smartest orthopedic surgeons you're going to meet. And he is, this is his world of lipomas. Why do I have pain and nobody can figure it out in this area? He's the man. Now, I love it when people listen to me because I'm telling you the answer. So don't not listen to me. You know what I mean? Don't try to find, yeah. I, don't, I don't know from the insurance, not insurance. You got to go see this guy. And you tell him you're a weekend warrior. You ready? Here's his name. Yeah. Earl mm-hmm. Bryan, B-R-I-E-N. He will figure sorry, out what, what exactly is what? causing your pain. Earl Bryan, B-R-I-E-N. First name Earl, okay. E-A-R-L. Okay. He's at Cedars. He deals with bumps and lumps and lipomas and lipomas that become liposarcomas and and chordomas and other things that can happen in the bone, in the soft tissues. And he will direct you to what to do, where to go. And when you go, give him a big hug because I love him like a brother. That's fantastic because I've been, it's been all over the place. You're you're not going all over anymore. You're going to go to the answer right now. You're going to go see Earl Bryan and you will have figured out what exactly, exactly has been ailing you. By the way, you may still need a new mother-in-law, but you're going to go see (laughs) Earl Bryan and he will help you. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Clatter. Listen, you're a total stranger to me, Jimmy. I want you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. I will. God bless you and say hi to Fred for me. Have a good day. All right, Warriors. Take a break. Okay, we'll take a break. I'll come back. We'll tell some stories. Uh, What a topic. What a cool topic because it's insane, which is what I love dealing with, the insanity. Speaking of that, don't miss the greatest TV show I've ever seen, and I'm 64 years old. I saw with my wife last night. It's ESPN's 30 for 30 called Once Upon a Time in Queens. Guess where I'm from? Far Rockaway. Guess what borough Far Rockaway is in? Queens. This is the story of the 1986 New York Mets. I'm living in Manhattan, going to the hospital for special surgery for my training. But how the Mets won the World Series. And you're going to hear Vince Scully. You're going to hear Vince Scully calling the World Series. It's the greatest TV that you'll ever see in your life is the 30 for 30 about the Mets 86 World Series. Coming up next, we're going to learn all about your floor, your foundation in art, in sports, and surgery. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. It's good to be king. Right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clappervision. Clappervision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. (laughs) Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. (laughs) Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers.